thank you for coming today. I'm so glad to see you. And uh, I, I'm just, I have been so excited about this week and bringing the word that is on my heart today. I have been intrigued by this passage of scripture all week long. It's one of those that just kind of reached out and grabbed me. Have you ever had something like that happen to you? I mean, you're reading scripture and you've read it probably a hundred times or more. And then all of a sudden it just kind of jumps off the page at you and you say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I had not noticed that before. What does that mean to me? How is, how is that going to impact my life and affect me? And, and so if you read one of the devotions this week, you'll notice, you'll recognize the passage of Scripture. But I, I've been digging into it even deeper and, and have some other insight that I want to share with you today. But take your Bibles and turn with me, if you, if you will, to Psalm chapter 75. And, and just one passage, one verse... In fact, there's just one line that I really want you to see and get into your spirit today. Psalm chapter 75, verse 1. And I'm reading from the ESV. If you want to read along, it'll probably be on the screen as well. Are you ready to go? Here we go. It says, Psalm 75, verse 1 says, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near and we recount your wondrous deeds oh you say boy that's not much pastor you just wait till I get done I mean this thing just has unraveled in my spirit because of this one phrase that says your name is near I like that father I need your help today but I know you're going to give it I preach today with great confidence because I know it's not about me anyway. It's about you. It's about what you want to do and the message that you want to get into the hearts and the minds of your people today. Lord, I think really, I think really you want us to know that you're always near, that your name is always near. And Lord, if we can get that in our spirit, if we can somehow understand what that means to us, and if we can apply that knowledge with the wisdom that you've given us and the anointing, then, Father, I really believe there are going to be men and women who walk out of this house today changed and transformed by the power of God by this one word because they're going to realize now that no matter where they go, no matter where they walk, no matter where they travel, no matter where they work, no matter what time of the day it is, no matter whether they're hungry or they're not, whether they're thirsty or not, that this is going to be a reality in their life that wherever they are, the name of the Lord is near. Amen. So Lord, help me today to share this message in such a way that it will take root in our hearts so that men and women can be free through you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Touch yourself right here. Just take your finger and go like that. You know, one of the senses is the sense of touch. Feels kind of weird. Have you ever done this thing right here? You know, and you can't, it's, it's kind of weird. But anyway, you, you can feel. How many of you know you can smell? Can you smell? Take a, take a big whiff right now. Just go. You can smell. You have the sense of smell. How many of you know you can taste? Just, just lick your finger. It depends on where it's been. 
but depending on where it's been, it might have tasted good to you and it might not have tasted good to you. Now, if you dipped it down in some ice cream, it probably tastes pretty good to you. But you have the sense of taste. What are the other senses that we have? We have the sense of hearing and we have the sense of sight. We see and we hear. Now, while feel is nice and taste is particularly good at dinner time, amen, and smell is good after you've just had a fresh shower, those things really don't build up your spirit. You can do like this all day long and never mature in your faith. You can eat ice cream all day long. And you will never, you may grow in some other ways, but you won't grow in your faith because the taste will not do that for you. You can smell all day long and while there are some beautiful smells and then some not so beautiful smells, if you know what I mean, it will not help mature you in your faith. But the eyes are the window to the soul and the ears are what establishes faith. When we hear the word of the Lord, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So when we see and when we hear with our ears, we have the potential to take into our spirit those things that will cause us to mature in the faith. So in our walk with the Lord, while touch is important, while taste is important, while smell is important, they don't bring the same benefit as do the eyes to be able to see and the ears to be able to obtain the word of God that builds faith in us. I'm thankful for our senses, aren't you? God wants to put in us those things that will, number one, reveal who he is to us and then allow us to take that revelation and then put it to use in our lives so that we can be overcomers. God doesn't want you to fall, uh, to be in fault and, and fail and, and to be discouraged and frustrated and, and down and out. He, he wants to lift you up. He wants to raise you up. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to hold up and raise up those hands that, 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 are, that are down and weary. He wants to lift you up today. We used to sing that a few years ago. He lifted me out of the deep miry clay. You remember that one? He planted my feet on the heavenly way. You hear that? I'm going to sing it for you. I'll tell it wherever I go, for I want the whole world to know. I'm glad that he loved me. So that he lifted me up. Listen, if you want to stay in your muddy old condition, you can do that. But God doesn't want you to stay there. He is extending a hand of help to you and will lift you up and lift you out and put your feet on solid ground if you will allow him to do so. But you got to see what it is that God wants you to see rather than seeing what your flesh is seeing. And you've got to hear with your ears the things that God wants you to hear so that faith can rise in you. Let me, let me just stop long enough, and this is not in my notes today, but, and don't anybody raise your hand today, please. I don't want to see your hands, but how many of you would be honest enough to say that you've struggled with your faith late, lately? That, that you've, you found it very hard to believe 
for some things in your life that at one time you were able to believe. Listen, it, it's not about your circumstances. It's about your faith. It's about, it's about not allowing your circumstances to speak to you, not allowing your circumstances to control your mood, but instead allowing your faith to control your circumstances. If you let your circumstances get you down, you'll be frustrated, discouraged, down in the dumps every day that you live. But if you can raise your head and focus your eyes upon Jesus Christ, he can lift you above all the junk of your life. Now that was free. It didn't cost you anything. It wasn't part of what I wanted to say today. And sometimes we just need to jerk ourselves up by our pants. And just believe and have faith and say, God, I can't see it with my natural eye, but that's okay because I'm not living by my natural eye anyway. I'm not living by my feelings. I'm living by faith. I'm living by faith in Jesus above. Sing it with me. I'm trusting, confiding in his great love. And from all harm safe in his sheltering arms, I'm living by faith. And I feel no alarm. So what are you going to do? Just sing all day, preacher? I might. I might. Because I've got to praise well enough inside of me. Because the name of the Lord is near. Amen. I don't care what the devil says or tries to say. Or tries to get me to believe. The fact of the matter is the name of the Lord is near. Amen. I may not be able to feel it on my skin. I may not be able to taste it with my tongue. I may not even be able to smell the name of the Lord. But let me tell you, I can see it with my eyes of faith. And I can hear it with my ears of faith. And regardless of what the enemy tries to get me to believe today, I've come by to tell you today that the name of the Lord is near. Amen. The name of the Lord is near. You know, there's something that sparks us when we hear our name. There's something that, that, that jumps in us when we hear the name of a loved one. I, I can be just doing just about anything and somebody say Donna. And I, something, there's something about that name. I don't know what it is, but there's something about that name. That it just causes something to jump in me. And it makes me, it doesn't make me afraid. I ain't scared of her. I'm not frightened by her. I love her and she loves me. And that love causes something to jump. And I, I, Donna, oh yeah, and we got a lot of Donnas. But listen, you can say Donna Smith doesn't do much for me. I like her. I love her. You say Donna Gillenwater, I like her. I like, but you say Donna Sue Heinemann Baker, and I'm telling you there's something that just gets in my head that says what a wonderful woman she is. It just, it just sparks in me. I, I am that something from the external comes and ignites something in my internal and it causes me to experience it something internally that I can't feel unless I have a sense about it. I remember when Jonathan was, he's probably four or five years old, we were pastoring our very first church and 
And we were there and we were walking around the mall one day in Galesburg, Illinois. And they had this big, huge train in there. It was a, it was a, a working train. And, and I, I've always loved trains. There, there's just something intriguing to me about trains. And so we would go down there from time to time. And we would just watch this big train out in the middle of the, the food court there. And we would watch it go by. And, and so we're standing there and we're watching the train. And I'm, I'm looking at it. And Jonathan's standing right beside me. And, and we're just having a great time. Donna's down the way. She's, she's about like this with Aaron. And, and, and you know, and she's kind of walking around like this. And, and we're just looking at the train and having a great time. And then all of a sudden I look down. And I couldn't find Jonathan. He wasn't there. And, it's, and you know, if you're a parent, it's like, oh, oh my goodness. You know, where's my son? Where's my child? I've lost my child. And then I looked down to Donna and I thought, well, he, surely he just walked down to where she's at. And I looked down there and I looked past her belly and I still couldn't, I still could not see Jonathan anywhere. And then she was at, she said, where's Jonathan? I said, I don't know. I thought you had him. I don't have him. And then panic sets in. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh my goodness. And so we start, you know, where's, where's Jonathan? And we're here and, and we're looking and we're calling his name. And, and then all of a sudden, I don't know how long it was. It seemed like 10 hours later. It might have been 30 seconds later. I don't know. But I heard this little voice in the background saying, Daddy! And I looked across the way and there was a security guard there that had Jonathan and he was holding his hand and when Jonathan saw me and yelled my name and our eyes connected, Jonathan burst loose from the hand of that security guard and came running to me and when he got to me, I just knew that he'd want to jump up at my hands and say, Daddy, I love you so much. Don't ever do that again. I'm so sorry. But you know what he did? He hit me. And he said, you lost me, daddy. You lost me. And sure enough, he was right. I had, I had lost the little booger. But we were reunited, thank God. But what I'm trying to say is, is that when I heard that little voice, there was something external that flipped a switch on in me internally that caused me to respond to that external stimuli, to that, to that thing outside that it was trying to make me aware that there's a circumstance that I need to be aware of. That's the way it is in the spirit. We, we get so frustrated with our stuff and our circumstances and, and we get so into it and it's like every day we put our feet on the floor and we stare our circumstances and, and we, we stare our disease and our sickness and, and, and our health issues and, and our money issues and if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in the frustration of life that we forget that we serve a God who is able and more than enough to get us through our circumstances, but it will never work as long as we keep our eyes focused upon the stuff. So we've got to raise our eyes and we've got to realize the name of the Lord is near. Now, what does that mean? Well, I got to think, I said, Lord, what does it mean? The name of the Lord is here. The name of the Lord is here. I'd rather you be here. Why aren't you here? I'd rather your presence be here than your name be here. That was my first response. 
I don't want just a name. I like Donna's name, but I don't want just her name to be here. I want her to be here. Because when I'm in a smooching mood, I don't want to smooch her name on a piece of cardboard. I want to smooch her. And I need her to be here before I can smooch her. How many of you know what I'm talking about today? I don't care how many times you've kissed her picture. It ain't the same. When you can feel those warm lips. And, that, and you got you to gotta get nose on one side and nose on the other side. And work it out so that you can connect with it. Let me tell you something. There's something good about kissing your wife. But you can't do that unless she's here. You can't do it at all. Kiss my wife. I'll lose my sanctification come lay hands on you without the benefit of the Holy Ghost. But what I'm saying is, is that my first response to this is, is that your name is near, but I want you near. I want you to be here. And then it began to rise in my spirit when the Holy Ghost began to speak to me and say, I'm here, but my name is going to give you the authority that you need to operate in the daily life. It's my name that you're going to use. It's my authority that you're going to activate through the use of my name. My name is always near. You get yourself in a situation where you need something to change. You don't have to have God come down here. You just say, in the name of Jesus, I command that this situation is going to change through the authority of his name. His name is near. I can reach out and grab his name and apply it to my situation anytime I desire. His name is near. I got to thinking about it and I, I just kind of felt in my spirit three things that the name of the Lord does for us in situations like this. And the first is that it reminds us of God's reputation. It reminds us of God's reputation. Has God ever failed you? Has God ever let you down? Has God ever been one of those gods that you couldn't find when you needed him? No, God is an ever-present help in the time of need. He's always here. He's always there. He's always helping us. He's always giving us the knowledge that we need. He's always providing the anointing and the wisdom that we need. He's always, if you lack wisdom, just ask of God who gives, gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and he will provide it for you. If you're sick in your body, just remember that he's already paid the price for you. By his stripes you're healed. Declare it in Jesus' name. It reminds you of the reputation of God. He is faithful, Christy. Christy, he is faithful. He is faithful, 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 faithful. And I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care how many times he tries to tell me, oh, but do you remember that time when the Lord let this happen? Do you remember this time when the Lord prevented this? Do you remember that time when the Lord wouldn't let you have that? And I'm reminded of old Job when he lost everything, but somehow at the end, God restored everything that the enemy had taken from him and much more, 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 more. I had heard about you with the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes, see you and there's nothing that you cannot do he's been faithful grab your Bible and go to Joshua chapter 9 with me if you will 
And while you're turning there, we're studying Joshua on, on Wednesday nights in, a, in the adult class. And man, we're having a great time. We're having a wonderful, wonderful time. God spoke to Joshua and he said, listen, he said, every place your foot hits, I'm going to give it to you. Everywhere you go, I'm going to give it to you. And just like I bless Moses, I'm going to bless you. Oh, you just got to trust and obey for there is no other way. You just trust me. You obey me. You go with me. I'm going to go before you. I'm going to fight the battles for you. I'm going to do whatever you need done because I will be faithful to you. You remember how that they go across on dry ground and then they, they get ready to approach Jericho and they send the spies into Jericho and, and the scripture says that when they went in there, they went to Rahab's house of ill repute and they went in there and what, what did Rahab say? She said, oh, we have heard about how that the Lord God of Israel is fighting on your behalf. And we know that it's not a matter of if God is going to fight for you. It's a matter of when and how he's going to fight for you. But they knew because they had heard God's reputation had preceded the situation. They already knew. Joshua didn't sneak in at night and tell them we're going to get you. God told us we're going to. No. They heard it from around the bush. They heard it from coming in from all different sources. God. God is raising up Israel. God is fighting their battles. God is going to defeat everyone. God is going to give them every place that their foot stands. God, 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 God. And they weren't afraid of Joshua as much as they were afraid of God because they had heard about God's reputation. His reputation. And then you go over in chapter 9, verse 1. It says, when all the kings west of the Jordan heard, did what? Heard about these things, those in the hill country, in the western foothills, and, in entire, and, and along the entire coast of the great sea, as far as Lebanon, the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, they came together to make war against Joshua and Israel. Why? Because they had heard with the hearing of the ear what God had done and what God was going to do. Let me tell you something. I don't care who gets elected for the presidency in the upcoming election. I don't care if Target changes their bathroom laws or not. I don't give a royal rip because God is still on the throne. He's got it under control and I'm not afraid of what this world tries to do every time we get caught up in that kind of mess. The devil just knows I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal their faith. I'm going to steal their joy. I'm going to steal the opportunity that they have to rejoice today because all they can do is get caught up on what this one's doing, what that one's doing, who they're going to boycott next and who they're going to lash out against next and what, what presidential 
candidate that they're going to be for or against or hate or love. The Bible says to pray for them. And get in, we, we start telling them, thank God we only got 100 days until Mr. Obama's gone. Listen, we ought to be praying for Mr. Obama and saying, God, whatever time he has left in the president, in the, in the office of president, God, will you use him to set the stage for your works among the earth? We get all caught up in junk. We get all caught up in things. And we forget that way back in the day of Joshua, that God was running the show. Way back in the day of Moses, when the Egyptians were trying to destroy the people of God, God said, I ain't worried about no Egyptians. I can wipe the Egyptians out whenever I get good and ready and I'm ready and I'm going to do it now for my glory. And he did. The scripture says when he closed up the water of the Red Sea upon them, there was not one of them that pursued after Israel that survived coming out because God was in charge. And when he told Joshua, I'm going to give it to you, then he began to do that just as well. So much so that these kings started saying, oh man, if God's fighting, I don't know what we're going to do. We sure can't stand alone. We sure can't beat them by ourselves. Maybe we should sign a pact and come into alliance with one another. And maybe if there's five of us, we can be, de defeat the, the Israelites. But listen, they couldn't defeat the Israelites if they'd have had a hundred and five. Because God had already he made a promise and the promises that God makes God will keep and then Jesus comes along in the New Testament and they wanted him to establish an earthly kingdom Oh, we want a Messiah that will get rid of this Roman Empire and get them out of the way. Let's boycott the Romans. Let's, let's just get them out of the way. And Jesus didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He came to establish a heavenly kingdom. And though we may be in the world, church, we're not of the world. This world does not control our level of victory. This world does not control who and where we are. God is still on the throne. He is still in control his reputation goes before him I wish we could just in the church I'm not just talking about ours I'm talking about in the church I wish we could just remember that God is a good God that he is a faithful God I wish we could just remember and just keep talking on a regular basis about this man named Jesus who came and lived and died and rose again and ascended into the heavenlies where he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. I wish we could get our, our, our eyes off of the world that we're living in and remember that Jesus said, I've got to go away and prepare a place so that where I am there you can come and be with me also. But until then, the Father is going to send the Holy Ghost and he's not going to just live in the neighborhood. He's going to live in you and you're going to be filled to overflowing with the power of Almighty God. I don't have regular blood flowing in my veins. I've got royal blood flowing in my veins because of who he is. We get so caught up in our world. I just don't, I don't think I've ever seen it this way. What an opportunity for God to do. I was walking down the aisles this morning. I was just saying something like this. What if today's the day? What, what if today is the day that some of you have been trying your best not to give your life to Jesus Christ? 
You've been sitting back there with your knuckles on the chair in front and turning white. You're squeezing so hard because every week the pastor keeps saying, if you're here today and unsaved and want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, would you like to do that today? You're sitting back there just trying your best not to give. But what if today were the day that you decided to let go and let God have his way in your life? What if today is the day that you say, I'm going to stop trying to change my spouse. I'm going to stop trying to change who they are and what they are. And I'm going to ask God to help and restore our relationship and our marriage because God is able to when I am not. What if today is the day that you say, I've been struggling with this pain and this frustration of this disease in my body. But today, by faith, I'm going to declare that I am healed in the name of Jesus what if today is the day that you let the God of the reputation decide to come into your life and do what you need him today what if what if what if this could be the day this could be the day your life could change today because of who God is reputation influence is the second thing that came into my spirit influence I was reading in the newspaper yesterday. Now listen, you know I don't politicize. I don't get up here and say, you need to be Democrat or you need to be Republican or you need to be independent or you need to be whatever. I don't use the pulpit for that. Because for everyone that has one opinion, somebody on the other side of the church has another opinion. Which, by the way, when you start putting posts on Facebook, you need, before you hit that send button, you need to ask yourself, how's this going to affect my brother or my sister in Christ who I worship with every Sunday? Is it going to make them mad at me or is it going to cause them to have hurt feelings with me because I'm expressing myself in this manner? We need to ask ourselves, God didn't, God didn't call us to tear one another down. God didn't call me to prove my point to you and tell you how I think it is so you ought to think the same way that I think. God called us to encourage one another and to lift one another up. And if my being silent will encourage my brother or sister in Christ better than me spouting off my opinion, I ought to be silent for their benefit. I didn't expect any amens there. It's all right with me. I'm telling you the truth today. But I've been watching this thing and, you know, everybody at first, Donald Trump, oh dear God. Who in the world? Who in the world? How in the world? Why would anybody? Blah, blah, blah. And then all these guys getting up, his hands are too little, you know, and his hair's too weird and all this kind of stuff. And here we go, and we just, I never, there'll never be a day when I can vote for Donald Trump. And then there's old Lion Ted over there, Lion Ted, you know, he Lion Ted. And then back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and all of them get up and they say, I'll never vote for him. I'll never endorse that one. I'll never put my name behind them. I'll never do it. Never, 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 never. And then they discover that they can't win the election and they get out. And so Chris Crispy, Christy, Crispy, comes up and he says, I ain't never going to support Donald Trump. Ain't never going to happen in my life because Donald Trump is not good for America. (laughs) 
And then he says, I can't find the path to victory. So I'm going to get out. But I'm going to tell you who I'm going to endorse. I'm going to endorse Donald Trump. Because he's what America needs today. None of them know what they want. None of them know what they can do. And we get all caught up in his, oh, bless God, I didn't give, me my, give me my phone. I need to Facebook something right now in Jesus' name. I'm talking about endorsement. And now they're saying that some of the others, Ben Carson, I endorse Donald Trump. I endorse this one. And on the Democrat side, it's the same thing. Some who said, listen, I can't support Hillary. I can't, I, can't, I can't burn with Bernie. I can't do it. You know, just can't do it. And now that it's all over, all of a sudden, they've changed their mind. They've decided they can endorse somebody now because of the benefit that it'll bring to them later when it comes time to start appointing people to different uh, positions in, I start to say in Cleveland, but it ain't Cleveland. It's in Washington, D.C. Jerry knows Cleveland's where our world headquarters is. Ain't no politics there. Take that out of the tape, if you will. Thank you. I endorse you. I know there was a time I hated your guts, but I'm okay with you now. I endorse you. I endorse you. Listen, there's only one endorsement that I care anything about. And it is the endorsement of my God. I want to live my life in such a way that every day he'll be able to say, I'm proud of you, son. You are living as you should be living. You are expressing the love of Jesus Christ. You're not hating on people. You're not cutting them out of the kingdom. You're not judging them. You're not doing that kind of work, but you're just showing them that God is love and that by him sending his son to the earth, he was expressing the greatest expression of love to this world. Through Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. His name, his endorsement, his endorsement is upon his word. And here's what I mean by that. God doesn't, he's not changing his mind. He didn't say, I'll heal you because I took stripes on my back. But you know what? I've just decided I've changed my mind about that. I've decided I'm not going to do that. I'm going to endorse something else. I'm going to know what God's going to do every time is he's going to say, if I said it, then I'm going to back it. I'm going to stand behind it. I'm going to endorse it. When it doesn't look like in your flesh that it's all coming together the way that my word declares, then get your eyes off your circumstances and back on my word and start saying every day, God, I endorse your word in my life. I endorse your spirit in my life. I declare your name in my life and over my situation and over my circumstance. And I endorse what your promises declare to me. And in Jesus' name, I am going to overcome because I know you will endorse every word of this good book. The name of the Lord is near. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I know if he said it, that's all I need to know. I'm going to endorse it. I'm going to stamp it. I'm going to write it on my mirror. I'm going to put it in my pocket. 
I'm going to put it on sticky notes and hang it in my car. I'm going to turn my radio off of Garth Brooks or whoever else singing about low places and everything else. And I'm going to start putting on some music that lifts up the name of the Lord God Almighty so that when I'm walking and driving down the street, I'm not wondering whose boots have your bed, your bed, who's your boots been under. I'm worrying about what has God said about my life and my victory today. The name of the Lord. And listen, I like Garth too. But you know what I've discovered? I've discovered when I start listening to some of this mess. Oh, I shouldn't have said mess. Now some of you are mad at me. I start listening to some of this stuff coming into my spirit and seeing my kids listen to it and hear it and all that kind of stuff. And I realize that's not going to build me any bit, not one bit whatsoever. I need stuff in my, but, but doesn't God want us to have fun? Yes, he does. I bet you didn't know this. You can have fun and be holy at the same time. Somebody say me. God, you're going to have to help me now. This preacher's been preaching mean as a snake for the last several weeks. If he doesn't cut it out and shut it up, I'm going to find some place and just talk about my money all the time and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. How many of you really want all that God has for you today? I want everything he has for me. Forgive me, Jesus. No, I take it back. What are we endorsing in our life? What are we endorsing? What are you endorsing? What am I endorsing? The name of the Lord is always near. My mama used to sing this to me. There's an all-seeing eye watching you. Watching you, watching you, there's an all-seeing eye watching you, watching you over all, there's an all-seeing eye watching you. Listen, I'm not trying to scare anybody today. I'm certainly not trying to make anybody mad. But if the name of the Lord is always near, we need to make sure that we're endorsing the same things in our life that he is endorsing in our lives. And if the spirit of almighty God rises up in us and says, I'm not endorsing that, we need to be willing to say, you're right, God. And I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to find myself to a place that is holier so that you can have all of me. Well, I've got one more thing I want to tell you and then I'm going to quit. Come help me because I'm getting mean and I've got to get that mean spirit off of me. (laughs) Reputation. Let God's name go before you. It's always there. Let him endorse the things in your life and you endorse the things in your life that he'll put his blessing on and his approval on. I'm not done there. 
How many of you Wednesday night, you remember we talked about two weeks ago about going into Ai, that little town of Ai. Joshua, they'd already gone across on dry land. They'd already sown the water. They'd set up the memorials. They did everything God told them to do. They're walking in victory, go to Jericho, see the walls come tumbling down. Man, they were having a revival, old-fashioned revival, and then they come to Ai, a little bitty spot in the road. And Joshua said, we don't need the full army. We don't need everybody. Just send 3,000. There's not that many of them. Not that big of a deal. Just go up there and give them a good whipping. And when you get done, let us know, and we'll come and join you. And you know what the Scripture says. They did not consult God. They did not ask God what his opinion was. They always had before, but this time they didn't ask. They said, just take a few up there and whip them real good and come on back and then we'll have a good campfire tonight. They go up to Ai and Ai said, oh, you think you're going to come up here and beat us, do you? And the scripture tells us that they chased them out of Ai and killed 36 of their best warriors. They ran with their tails tucked. Why? Because they decided to go their own way. And because they went their own way, God could not bless and endorse what they chose to do. So they came back, and you know the story. They repented. They asked the Lord to forgive them. And they said, now, Lord, that we've got that out of our system, what do we do here? What do you want us to do? And God gave them a plan for one of the greatest ambushments that we've ever seen in history. And they defeated AI to a man because they consulted God. And then God was able to put his endorsement upon their life. His name, his name is always near. Always near. Go to Acts chapter 3 with me if you will. I'm getting close to being done. Reputation, influence, intervention. There are some circumstances in your life that unless God does it, it's just not going to get done. But if you position yourself for blessing God will intervene in the right way at the right time this is a very familiar passage of scripture keep in mind that Jesus has already gone into the heavenlies sent the spirit of God the Holy Ghost among them on the day of Pentecost they were all filled with the spirit and then we see Acts chapter 3 one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon and a crippled man from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and when he saw John about to enter, he asked them for money. But Peter looked straight at him and he, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. 
And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name. (laughs) In the name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. End of story? Not yet. And while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people, say all the people, were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? And why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate though he had decided to let him go. And you disowned the holy and the righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God. (laughs) You killed the author of life, but God. You killed the author of life, but God. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. Verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know is made strong, it is in Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you all can see. How did it happen? Through the name of Jesus. The name that is always near. There are times in my life that I just don't feel like shaking it off. There are times, brother, know that I just don't think I've got the ability to do it. There are times I've been in this place, whatever place, so many times that I start thinking that it's hopeless. And that I'm never going to see it. 
And in those moments, if I'm not careful, I can let doubt start picking away at my faith. And the enemy starts saying, do you remember how that I defeated you? Do you remember how I took that from you? Let me remind you that I have what belongs to you right now in my hand and there's nothing you can do about it we start believing that and we start trusting what the enemy is saying more than we're trusting what God's saying because it's easier to trust what we see than it is to trust what we know Sometimes I have to get my faith back in the dark. And what do I mean by that? It means I have to close my eyes because my senses are the window that feeds information into me. And if I keep looking at it through the eyes of defeat, and if I keep looking at it through the eyes of doubt that's all I'll ever be able to see Sharon and sometimes I literally just have to physically close my eyes to what I see with my natural eyes so that I can be reminded of what I know that God has taught through the years. to the psalmist as we close he said he said we gave thanks oh God oh yes we gave thanks and we rehearsed the good deeds of the Lord and right in the middle of all of that he said because your name Your authority, your power. 